Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ballistic Podcast. Live from San Jose, California, I'm your co-host, Guru Ram Prakash. And uh, along with me in Monterey, California, is my other co-host, Vikram Kant. We're here to talk about the NBA Conference semifinals. Once again, uh, some of the series have come to a conclusion, uh, and uh, those teams will be advancing to the uh, Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals, respectively. Uh, and uh, some of the series are going to Game 7. So uh, we're excited to talk about uh, both of those scenarios. And uh, Vikram, there is no one I'd rather talk about it with than yourself. Dude, what a fantastic conference semifinals round, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, and just like the conference semifinals in, gem- in general, before, you know, we get into the, like, the individual matchups, like this has been so unpredictable. Right. I'm I'm not able to, you know, predict who's going to win, you know, what matchup when based on, you know, how they played in the last game, like, et cetera. Right. You you go through all those factors and you analyze individual games and every game has elicited like sort of a micro reaction. Right. Like, uh, for example, after uh, after game four, you were like, oh, what, what a win by the Celtics. They, they pulled it out. Uh, and, you know, they look like the favorites to go to the NBA finals. And then all of a sudden with, you know, uh, f- five minutes left in, in game game five, here come the Bucks, uh coming back from 14 down, I believe, to, to win that game in uh, Boston. And then uh, all of a sudden Boston's on their heels and then they obviously come back and win game six. We'll, we'll talk about that series. But, you know, uh, you know, a lot of games uh, have been like sort of, in, in, in the sense, unpredictable, right? And, and that's great for TV. Uh, that's great for the NBA. And uh, more so than ever, we don't know who the NBA champion is going to be. That is an admiral synopsis. Like, let's be real. Uh, we have no idea what's going to happen game to game because apparently being on the road doesn't matter anymore if you're Boston or Philly because uh, they've both won two road matchups each in this series. I mean, But that's it means incredible. everything. If you're, it means everything if you're Phoenix or Dallas. Exactly. Where there, the home team has been the only team that has actually played, essentially, right? Some yeah. of these games on uh, some of these games haven't even been really close. And it looks like Chris Paul can't play if he's not in Phoenix. So it's it's pretty insane, man. This whole this whole situation in the conference semifinals has been absurd. But it's probably worth it for us to discuss some of the teams that have uh, unfortunately had their seasons come to an end, right? Right. Or if you look at it uh, in the in the glass half full mentality, some uh, some teams whose uh, seasons are, you know, still alive and he- heading to uh, the final four of, of the NBA. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that first in the Eastern Conference with uh, the, the Sixers and the Heat. So uh, after game four, I think... Did we record this podcast after game three or game four of that series? I think we recorded after, uh, I have a feeling we recorded after game four, after James Harden t- tied the series. Had up his, to, yeah, had his uh, one good game in the last year. One, Yeah, one good game in the last year. One good game in this series. You were talking about this series like in, in, in general, right? And uh, the Sixers tied it at two, two, and and both of us thought that it, you know this is going to be a, a dog fight to the end. Now that Joel Embiid, uh, who was not available for games one and two, came came back in games three and four, and uh, th- those games in in Philly they were not close games. They were games that Philly was able to take control of in the fourth quarter and win 
uh, by double digits or close to double digits. And then uh, game five comes around and then the Heat just give the Sixers the, the beatdown of, uh, of the century, right? And uh, obviously the Heat have been playing well at home uh, all, all series long. Uh, they won all three games at home. Uh, Sam Vincent has replaced Kyle Lowry very admirably. Uh, and he replaced him admirably in games, games five and game six. And in game six, the, the Sixers just did not have enough. Uh, Joel Embiid was clearly hurting out there. He gave it his all. Like props, props to Joel Embiid. Before we we go like any further and you know uh, do a post mortem on the Sixers, like he is the the type of guy you want on on your team, right? A, a tough superstar who's willing to give it his all and only cares about winning and very little else, right? Um, he was you know the runner up for the MVP this year. Rightfully so, uh, deservedly so. I have I give all the that tip of the caps in the world to to Joel Embiid, but you know, the Sixers acquired James Harden at the deadline uh, for a reason. It's for moments like these where they needed an isolation scorer who could you know win the Sixers a couple of games in the playoffs. Right. And uh, James Harden, he's just showing again and again that he is sort of past that stage in his career. And uh, uh, Joel Embiid put it very well in his postgame press conference. Uh, he's more of a facilitator now than 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 anything else. And uh, if you're if you're the Sixers, like you can facilitate to Joel Embiid. You can facilitate to Tyrese Maxey, who uh, like another player who had a, a fantastic playoff run, uh, like. Hopefully, this is only the sign of better things things to come for him. But um, uh, Jimmy Butler, the the ex Philadelphia 76er, who Joel Embiid regrets uh, ever letting leave uh, Philly, uh, sh- showing why he's he's the ultimate playoff performer, uh, and he uh, shut the door on on the Sixers in Game Six, and uh, the Miami Heat move on uh, on the back of uh, Max Struess. Uh, who would have thought? But hey, that's the Miami Heat and and the Heat culture. Yep. So Max uh, Drews, Gabe Vincent, Martin. I mean, you look up and down the roster. Caleb Martin. Caleb is it Caleb Martin or Cody? The Caleb Martin, right? Caleb. Yeah. Caleb. Cody's, Cody's on, uh, the, Cody's on, on the, the Hornets. The Hornets. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at their roster. They get a lot of solid contributions up and down from players that you've never heard of, right? And Dwayne or Dwayne Dedman's played really well for them. Uh, Duncan Robinson hasn't even really played for them this year, like or this series, and uh, and he was another one of these like crazy finds. I mean, you just got to tip your cap to this team, man. They do an amazing job of finding talent, recruiting talent, and yeah. really just ensuring that their players have an opportunity to win at every stage, right? And of course, they had great contributions from uh, Jimmy Butler, basically being that superstar and particularly with this Philly team, his, his matchup is Tobias Harris most nights and Tobias Harris is a good player, but he's definitely not good enough to guard Jimmy Butler. And that was basically the series for him. So yeah, like you said, more props to Joel Embiid. What he did was extraordinarily impressive. I can't imagine trying to play through the types of injuries that he was playing through. Uh, But ultimately this is yet another series where he's kind of disappointed, right? I mean, that's that's the when I say that, I don't mean him as an individual, but just the the level of team success has been disappointing. 
And you compare him to somebody like Jokic, where I think the Warriors versus the Nuggets was even more of a mismatch than this Heat versus uh, 76ers series was. And Jokic was absolutely dominant. Now, maybe if Joel Embiid isn't hurt, he is that level of dominant. But it just, this is a lot of playoff series where he hasn't been phenomenal due to injury, due to a variety of different things, but that's just how it's been. Uh, James Harden, this is him again, right? This is playoff James Harden is bad James Harden, more or less. And it really is unfortunate. Uh, But especially with him becoming more of a caricature of himself, it's fair to ask whether we're really looking at the downswell of his career at this point, right? And then most importantly... What do the 76ers do in the offseason for his contract? Do they offer him the max? I certainly hope not. I, I don't think he's earned that this year. I think he definitely picks up his player I think he definitely picks up his player option. Well, I don't think he's going to pick it up because they're going to want to – they're probably going to – he's going to decline it and, and extend is my guess. Oh, really? I mean, that's what happens most times. Right. I mean, it's what happens most times, but uh, it's I don't think it's what should happen this time because Joel Embiid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I meant James Harden. He he has not played this year like like a contract year, right? He he started the year off quite questionably in in Brooklyn. Um, he he got to play one on one a couple of times with Kyrie Irving, and and apparently Kyrie Irving, you know beat him beat him so so badly that uh, reportedly Kyrie Irving called him trash which you know uh, led to uh, James Harden's falling out in Brooklyn that led him to Philly where he hasn't been much much better and you know we we sort of questioned the James Harden Joel Embiid combination when when it first when it first happened uh, but we at least thought it, it could be reasonably successful if James Harden is able to return to form under his old general manager, Daryl Morey. Uh, but uh, Father Time is undefeated, uh, especially, I mean, uh, I mean, even if you are Daryl Morey uh, acquiring James Harden once again. And uh, I mean, it's it's is showing uh, his, his age is showing every which way. And it, the wear and tear that he uh, that he uh, has on his body from his years in in Houston is really really showing up right now. He is more of a facilitator. Uh, his one good game in Game Four, where he was his, hitting contested threes, you were you wondered aloud if he was able to re- ever able to repeat that performance, and you know he was not. And, you know, a, a part of this is, you know, James Harden in the playoffs. And a part of this is James Harden's getting older. And the question for Philly, who, uh, you know, is openly and always searching for answers as to, you know, how they can get to a championship level squad is, you know, once again, going into an offseason, asking those same questions. Well, I mean, this has been, I mean, ever since they let Jimmy Butler walk, right? Like, this has been their real issue. They just don't have a sustainable salary model to make a championship contender, right? If you have Tobias Mm -hmm. Harris and you have – now you still have James Harden, I just don't see how you're going to make this type of team, period. And so I think they have a lot of work to do. They needed more out of players like Matisse Teibel, and he was basically worthless in this series, Mm -hmm. more or less. I mean, it's it's tough, man. 
it's tough to be just a defensive stopper with the Miami Heat because yeah, I mean, it's, they, they it's just tough come to do that in the playoffs, right? Ways. Like, yeah, it's it's really hard in the playoffs to do that, and that's essentially what they were asking him to do. And I I just don't see how that's a sustainable model, frankly. But, and you know, uh, and there was there was some doubt about Doc Rivers and and his future. Uh, whether uh, he was uh, eyeing uh, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers head coaching job and, you know, whether, you know, Daryl Morey wanted him to stick with the, with the Sixers, you know, after all, uh, Doc Rivers was not uh, Daryl Morey's selection when uh, uh, Doc Rivers got hired and then Daryl Morey got hired, you know, shortly thereafter. So there was always questions about their relationship and uh, whether the, uh, they were a coaching uh, and general managing tan- coaching front office tandem that were uh, that was meant for each other. Uh, but Daryl Morey came out and announced today that Doc Rivers will be staying on as a Sixers coach. So yeah, at least you you have some stability there. But again, yeah, the, there's a, a lot of questions looming on James Harden and his contractual situation. And uh, you know, uh, Joel Embiid's overall happiness is very much in question. Uh, especially with with the quotes he had in during the press conference, uh, especially regarding uh, James Harden and his you know uh, passiveness and his unwillingness to be aggressive. Yeah, I mean, this is a problem, right? If you want to both offensively and defensively, you would expect James Harden, Joel Embiid pick and roll to be effective. It was not in this series. And if it's not effective, then there's not much of a point in having James Harden, period. Mm-hmm. Then secondarily, on defense, what are you going to do when you have James Harden and Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey all on the floor defensively? Tobias Harris is a good defender. He's not an amazing defender. I mean, he's like probably average to above average as a defender. And he's your primary matchup on Jimmy Butler. Like, that's just not a realistic way to win. Good and so... And that's why they didn't win, right? This is not yeah. a complicated. This is just really not that complicated, uh, as far as you know, as far as I'm concerned, right? Like, I just don't think it's that complicated as to why they lost. So I actually I, think they overachieved in this series, frankly. I think so too. I, I did not. I did not expect them to win two games. I actually expected them to win just one game. Uh, the Sixers, at, at least. Uh, I thought they were well, incapable. I think they wouldn't have won. I don't think they would have won. Uh, two games if Kyle Lowry hadn't uh, had played or had not played, I think he him playing actually hurt the Heat. Actually hurt because them. he was hurt. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, here's hoping that he is healthy for whoever wins the Celtics Bucks grudge match. Right, and I was I was going to get to that because you know uh, another part of the story of the current is that the Heat are moving on, uh, and they are the number one seed, so they do have home court uh, home court, but. But you know, like it, that, those uh, home court advantages really uh, tend to uh, tend to go away once you get into the later rounds of the playoffs. Uh, so, uh, what do you think their chances are against you know the Celtics or the Bucks? I mean, it depends on the health of Kyle Lowry. Um, if Kyle Lowry is totally healthy, uh, I think it'll be a series. I would still favor either the Celtics or the Bucks. Yeah, but the Heat have found ways to win games. And their defense is very impressive. I think they they make they make certain things pretty difficult for both of the teams, the Celtics and the uh, and the Bucks. But I would absolutely favor either of those teams in this matchup. I, I think they have a better chance against Milwaukee 
than uh, with um, than than with the Celtics. See, I kind of disagree with that. Actually, really, you do? Yeah, because at the end I, of the I day, can't... they can't guard. They can't guard Giannis. Well, they were pretty successful guarding Giannis a couple of years Two ago. Two years ago, yeah, last year yeah. they got destroyed by Giannis. I don't think they anything did. has changed. Whereas I think they actually have decent matchups for the Celtics. So that's just my my thought on the matter, honestly. Hmm. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, think, I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I think, think they it still all depends be... on the health of Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I, I mean, I still Sam Vincent can it will be enough. Gabe Vincent, Gabe, Gabe Vincent, my bad. Sam Vincent used to play for uh, the Timberwolves and he used to coach the Raptors. My mistake. Sam <laughs> Vincent, I was like, wait, do I have his yeah. name <laughs> And he also used to coach the Timberwolves, but but but, but anyways. I digress. Gabe Vincent, uh, Team Nigeria. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent. Um, good player. Good player. Just probably not good enough to be in, in in a conference finals. We'll see how Kyle Lowry comes out. He was not ready to play games three and four, like you said. And yeah, he has uh, a hamstring injury. And hamstring uh, you know, injury. if if the same Kyle Lowry comes comes out uh, in, in the conference finals, you know, that's that might hurt the Heat more than help them. So we'll see. Yep. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But over to the next series that, you know, just got completed today, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. So, I mean, we, we, we talked about the series when uh, the Warriors were either up 2-1 or up 3-1. I, I, I think they were up 2-1 because if, if we recorded after the game, they went up 3-1. We, we, I would have, you know, sh- uh, shouted expletives on this podcast and, you know, nobody wants to hear that. But uh, even so... Uh, I mean, the games without John Morant uh, were very interesting ones, to say the least. And, uh, you know, it's very, very clear that uh, Memphis's defense gets better. Uh, they, they run their offense a little bit differently. Steven Adams uh, being inserted into the lineup after pretty much not playing in games one, two, and three. Oh, in, games three in game three, he only played uh, garbage time minutes. Uh, in in, in game, games four and five, and six, for, for, for that matter, his presence was very much felt. And not, not, not quite in game six. I would say more games four and five. Uh, and uh, g- game four was, you know, down to the wire when it shouldn't have been down to the wire. It was one of the more, the worst games I've ever seen, regular season or playoffs. In, ever, you know, my, yeah, for in, both in, in my NBA lifetime, which is a long time. I've been watching the NBA for like 23 years. So uh, that's... That's not a, a class you want to be in, and it was it wasn't you know one of those hard nosed defensive games either. Wasn't no, that at no, all? It was actually no. really bad, very yeah. very bad. Like I I used to enjoy watching the hard nosed defensive games that were that had final scores in the mid eighty in the in the mid mid eighties instead of the hundreds. You know, I, I enjoyed those games. That but this was not one of those games. Uh, and the Warriors found something in in the final minutes of the uh, final half of the fourth quarter that led uh, put them over the top. And oh wait, you mean they decided to play basketball? Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, so this is yet another one of these things where it, guess what? It turns out if you don't turn the ball over, you're really really good as the Warriors. Yeah, of course, of course. That's you should have you should have told told them that uh, in Apparently, game five you know, where yeah, this is, this is you know a huge they, thing. yeah in in game five. They uh, got off to a slow start, uh, or surprise, surprise. Uh, and then um, they brought the lead down to 11 points in, in the second quarter. I, I say down to 11 because uh, the lead was as high as 50, 55, I think, yep. for, for, for the Grizzlies. Uh, yep. and, and, but after they brought it down to 11, uh, the Warriors just had 
like turnover after turnover and the Grizzlies got bucket after bucket after it was in it was an avalanche I I don't know how how else to describe it uh and uh it was a storm that the Warriors couldn't stop even halftime couldn't stop it like I thought okay the Warriors uh are down 27 um we've been here before uh I'm obviously referring to referring to the 27 point comeback the Warriors had against the Toronto Raptors in in 20 2013 or 2012 i guess but but anyways i that that didn't happen was never going to happen it wasn't even close yeah yeah and and the the warriors brought the lead down to 39 points which is a far cry from where it was and that's important uh because the bucks also lost a game by 39 in the playoffs last year vikram and they ended up winning the nba title so yeah you know take that for data um and uh that is the rosiest thing i've ever heard by the way i i know if it, see, if it was 40 you know if they lost by 40 I, I would tell you they had no chance of winning the title Vikram. uh but you know 39 it makes all the difference in the world that one point yep. yeah but uh then we we move on to game six game six the warriors got up to a better they, they probably got up to the best start they've had in this series like and that's saying something because they were they were only up by as much as I think three or five points in in, in the first quarter, uh, and uh, the, the the Grizzlies were making it a ball game with Dylan Brooks hitting uh, a bunch of threes and you know getting their having their way uh, offensively, but also creating turnovers. Well, uh, creating is a very strong word. The Warriors sort of gave them the ball uh, at some, if not most, instances. Uh, unforced turnovers, live ball turnovers are, you know, a hallmark of, you know, the Warriors' existence in this world. And uh, that is what they did in in the first three quarters, uh, I I would say. And uh, into the fourth quarter, it was a very close game. And, you know, some of us thought maybe we're headed back to Memphis. Maybe the series isn't over. Text back and forth like, yeah, it's going back. It's going back. It's going back. It's going back. And... Because uh, the Warriors were just—I don't—I don't—I don't want to say this word. They—they they were horsing around. Okay, I, I'll say it. Um, yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I felt say, like they didn't really take. I was going to say something seriously. else, but you know, the kids, the kids. But um, yeah. Uh, then you know, lo and behold, here comes Andrew Wiggins to to save uh, the Warriors from their misery by hitting two. Well, he hit a three, and then he hit a, a clutch two at the end of the shot clock. I don't know how that shot went in. And then he hit another uh, catch-and-shoot three. Uh, and then uh, that sort of got the Warriors going. Uh, the ball went off of Dylan Brooks's foot into the backcourt. Andrew Wiggins picks it up for a dunk. And uh, uh, then the avalanche sort of started for the Warriors in, in that fourth quarter. And, yep, you know, the Warriors want to play like that. Three in transition. They're going to win. They're yeah, going to win a lot of games if and they don't if turn the, the ball And if the Warriors over. want to play like that, not even for 40. If, if the Warriors play like that for 40 of the 48 minutes, they will win every game in the next series. They will win every game in the next series, of uh, obviously of every game. But, you know, they have are the Warriors going to do that? And that's the million-dollar question million we step question. into yeah. this discussion with. I mean, more or less, sadly, but the the early returns are not encouraging. Props to the Grizzlies. 
for yeah i mean you gotta I mean, give them a lot of credit you really I mean, do i think uh it's tough to see what they need more of because i think they've been just so i think they've been so good frankly right it's just that can can their young pieces you know can can they improve can they do it again can can and is you know is our guys like d'anthony melton um Zaire Williams, are they the real deal? Yeah, I mean, Zaire Williams was really good in the series. I was quite impressed with him. I mean, do you think? I mean, do you think this this team is like a Western Conference Finals contender? Like, I mean, it, they they kind of remind me of the grit and grind teams, don't they? A little bit, like not necessarily stylistically, but that level of, you know, that level of team. They're grit and grind with a little bit of style. And yeah, I think I think what they need is they probably need a better center than Steven Adams, who provides a lot of the same toughness. I mean, like Steven Adams changed the series, right? Like do you think need... do you think they would have been better with Jonas Valanciunas? No, because I think defensively he would have been too. I kind of see like what happens if you add like a Miles Turner to this team, right? Like that would be a really interesting thing to me. That's interesting. You know, I just think that with what Jaron Jackson doesn't do, Jaron Jackson at center is somewhat is somewhat difficult because of his propensity to foul, right? So you kind of want a you really want Jaron Jackson to be sort of like your your help guy, in similar kind of a similar way to how Giannis, like it's it's really nice for the Bucks defense when they have Giannis and Brooke Lopez out there, right? Mm-hmm. That's not to say Giannis isn't a phenomenal defender. But allowing him to be more of a help guy really does help uh, help their defense and keeps him out of foul trouble. So something in that vein, right? Like actually, Brook Lopez would be a a nice fit with this team in the same way that he's a fit with uh, with the Bucks. Obviously, now do I expect him to ever move from the Bucks? Probably not. But but that's the type of guy that that the that they need to be targeting, for. right? And also, they need they need a veteran presence in some way. Do you think? I mean, the, in some way, I thought like, I don't know, man. I, I, think I also they have think too many gonna, young guys on their team. I mean, maybe, but this kind of reminds me the Warriors had a lot of young guys, man. True, need but workable veterans. That's true. That part is definitely true, but I wonder, man. I don't know. I think that this Grizzlies team is really darn good. Uh, and I think that as long as they can stay healthy, which is a big if, both Jaron and Jaw are going to be pretty injury prone. Uh, but I just see a lot of really good opportunities for them to continue to improve. And I think that they honestly outplayed the Warriors for a lot of the series. Do you think Dylan Brooks is a mainstay in the starting lineup? I mean, I think his skill set is the main is a mainstay, right? Like they really do need that secondary creation. Although they're getting a lot of that from Desmond Bain, uh, they really need that defensive stopper. Uh, interestingly enough, I think if you swapped Andrew Wiggins for uh, for Dylan Brooks, they would have been better. I, I think that true. Andrew Wiggins like player is actually who they need. A lot of teams need that, not just the Grizzlies. Um, but yeah, I mean, we talk about the future of Ja and 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 Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, from an injury standpoint, that's going to be very, very important for them going forward. 
And, you know, the West is not getting any easier. So they're going to have to keep getting better. Uh, they're probably not going to be gifted the three seed or the two seed this year, like like next year, like they were this year. I mean, the uh, Clippers, man. I mean, yeah, the Clippers are coming. The Nuggets please. are coming. Jeez. Um, who else? I mean, the reality, and, I mean, if the Lakers can Dallas is getting only going to get better. If, you know, if Luca ever wants to show up in shape by the time the regular season starts, watch out for them. Like, they can win a lot of games. Um, I mean, yeah. The, and, I mean, this is a message to every team in the West, not just the Grizzlies. Yeah. But, yeah. You're going to have to ele- really elevate your game, period. And, uh, you know, it's also a message for the Warriors who, you know, they're in the conference finals. Uh, this, is their, this is their last best shot, right? Yeah, this is their last. This is one of their last best shots. You know, you know, Jonathan Kaminga is not saving you next year. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't think that for a second, right? So, um, they sort of. I mean, and the disturbing part is they are not treating it like you know this is one of our last opportunities to to do this, right? Um, it's it's very disturbing, especially in the last couple of games, to w- watch sort of how unserious they are. And I, I don't want to be, you know, the guy who complains a lot. You know, I I think I have perspective on all of this. I've watched the NBA for a long time, but man, uh, I can't like th- I mean, get, getting this far the Warriors have to find a way to close a deal. And, you know, who knows what next year holds in the year after that and the year after that. This is the best yeah, shot. I definitely think this is their best shot. I think my big comment for the Warriors is, like, you cannot turn the ball over in these types of ways, right? Like, fundamentally, that is their problem, is they're a really high turnover team in the best of times. But even beyond that is just, how careless they've been time after time after time with the ball. And a lot of these aren't even forced turnovers. Like, that's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are, like, overall, that's the biggest complaint that I have is they're turning the ball over in, like, completely insane ways. One, like, one-handed one passes across the court. Just laziness. Adams can see and, like, intercept. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but you start to see the brilliance of the Warriors, right? Like Dylan Brooks dribbles the ball off his foot. Andrew Wiggins hustles, gets it, gets it done. Next possession, get a stop. Draymond Green pushes the ball in transition, hand off to Steph for an open three, right? Kavon Looney boarding like an absolute madman, gets all these offensive rebounds, passes the ball to Clay, dagger three. Game six, Clay shows up again. I mean, you see all of the pieces, right? You do. You see all of the pieces. You see all of the hallmarks of uh, of Warriors can, basketball. And they bring it together for one more consistent run. And that's it, right? That's you, the they got to win eight more games. Yeah. They want to win the championship. They got to win eight more games. And the question is, can you do this? And if this series is any indication, the answer is probably not, right? Like, frankly. Now, to be fair to the Warriors, right? This Grizzlies team is the single worst matchup for them, particularly without Jaw, because that's what unlocks this Grizzlies team defensively. And so that is a point that we need to make, right? This Grizzlies team they is a uniquely way bad matchup. After Jaw yeah. left, 
because there's no place to attack anymore. And frankly, this this Grizzlies team is a is is a is the perfect matchup against the Warriors, right? Long, switchable, athletic at every position. Watching Darren Jackson and uh, what's his name? Um, God, San Jose State product. Brandon Clark? Brandon Clark, yes. Watching them defend Steph on the several possessions, very impressive. Very impressive. They are very athletic. And yeah. They never had to deal with Jaw. Maybe that's where Miles Turner comes in. Like, if, if Jaw just learns how to filter everything to Miles Turner, you know, problem sort of solved. Well, I just think they, they need a. So the problem is, Jared Jackson really needs a center alongside him. Uh, but when you have Steven Adams, it does clog you up a little bit, and defensively, he can be problematic. Uh, mm-hmm. Particularly in this game, Steph got a couple really nice looks from three on him, uh, and I think that actually made a pretty significant difference. Uh, it, it's hard for Steven Adams to do that, and I, I love Steven Adams. I've loved him for a long time. I love what he brings to the game, but his inability to do some stuff offensively, uh, unless it's a offensive rebound, layup, uh, does make it somewhat difficult in some sense. So that's sort of where what I mean by that. Not that he – not that Stephen Adams is not, was not a huge turning point in the series because he was. But guess what? The response was the response that the Warriors used today, which is start Kavon Looney and let them go at it, right? I think that actually worked out pretty well for both squads. Like, we talked so much about micro ball. Oh, these teams are going to play super small. And I actually think it didn't really work for either of them all that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting in Kevon Looney and putting in uh, and putting in Steven Adams changed the complexion of the series. It did. It really, really did. And the Warriors only needed one game of it. And, you know, they, they move on. So, you know, congratulations Lucky to the Grizzlies for a, a great season. And they're uh, well ahead of schedule. Dude, well we didn't think schedule. they were going to be in the playoffs this year. I thought they were going to be in the playoffs this year. I mean, I, I thought they were going to be in the play in. Like, that's what we were thinking. If we go back to our oh, episodes, like, oh, oh, yeah, they're a play in team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, actually, we, we played playoffs and, or play in with them, right? And we said play in. So, yeah, I mean, we said we think, well, we I, think they'll be in the play in. I mean, and, you know, d- uh, you know uh, this guy, John Moran, getting hurt would have lended credence to that theory but you know yeah except they, they went 20 and 5 without, 25 him, right? without like, job because and they, you know I, I think that what what we learned in this last three or four games was that that was not a fluke right yeah they do some stuff on defense that's just really hard to deal with. and they have enough auxiliary scoring and you know like dylan brooks was really good tonight you know it, despite having a pretty rough series mm-hmm. he was he really played good. really well he played really, really I mean, well. I have – sometimes I watch his jump shot. I'm like, I don't ever expect it to go in, but – But it goes in sometimes. It goes in. And <laughs> he was fantastic tonight. You got to give – you got to tip your cap to him. <laughs> and that's kind of what it comes down to. If you can get enough auxiliary scoring from them, from the Baines of the world, from the Dylan Brooks of the world, and Jared Jackson can, like, do some stuff, then you you got something. And – uh Rich Clint is for the Grizzlies. Oh yeah, what about him? He, you know, he 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 won executive, executive of the year. Of the year, of the year yeah. 
Deserve yeah, I mean, like, this team like, was really good. Like, we yeah. cannot lose a side of that back. Like, And it was the perfect cast of characters, right, that made it possible. Uh, yeah, and- I mean, I think uh, I'm really interested to see how the Grizzlies deal with the Tyus Jones extension, for example, because I do think Tyus Jones is one of the best backup point guards in the league, right? Yeah, I, th- I think him... And uh, and what's his name? Jalen Brunson, who we'll talk about, whose team we'll talk about in the next uh, segment here. Uh, they they are going to get a lot of money in the off season. Cause... I mean, I I think Jalen Brunson's going to get like close to twenty mil a year, and yeah, Tyus Jones is a mid level player at best, right? Like that's sort of mm-hmm. sort of the difference. You think, you think but... Tyus Jones is a career is a career backup? I, I think on the right team he can start, but. I mean, if the right team is like the Lakers, sure. <laughs> Moving on. So we'll stay out West. Uh, Suns and Mavs. And I mean, as we stated at the, to- at the top, uh, it almost feels like the team that's the road team doesn't show up. In, yeah, in more or less. Game. And uh, I, I've, I, I struggle to figure out why, you know, for, for the Mavs, if, if they were able to take a game in Phoenix, like a game, that would go a long way for them in, in terms of for them trying to win the series. But they, mean, they, just, just, they would have already won the series. They would have already won yeah, the series. But they just show up as, uh, as a different team at home. I don't want to say, uh, like, uh, like, I don't know whether to say they show up as a different team on the road or at home. Because, because uh, at home, their three-point shooters come out to play. Dude, and, they're gangbusters at, at, um, uh, at home. And, and game four, Darren Finney-Smith. Uh, game six, it was, uh, what's his name, Reggie Bullock. Uh, and but it, it's all uh, centered around Luca in the post, and it's very it's clear. No, oh, say that again. It's working. Like it's, it's very clear that Mikael Bridges has given up a lot of pounds. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, Luca he, he eats that extra cheeseburger uh, in the off season. It it helps him come come playoff time. Dude, uh, I mean, he just needs to come in. Like I think you said, he needs to come in shape. If he does, it's over. It's it's over in the season and the playoffs for for for, for that matter. Oh yeah, yeah, He's it's so good. Over. He like let's talk about Luca for a second. Like we we talk about the the, the second tier stars, right? Like Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker, um, uh, Jesus. Oh well, you you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. Lu- Luca is the best player in the series. He is yes. the best player in the series. He, Luca's like a top five player in the NBA. He's he's already cementing himself as like a top tier playoff performer. And that is going to speak volumes of where we rank him like later on in his career, uh, like amongst like the greats of the greats, you know, uh, assuming that, you know, he's a- able to find success in Dallas, which is, you know, a question mark in and of itself. But it's, it's, it's clear, like his game translates in a huge way. Colin playoff time is able to draw fouls. Yeah, big isolation situations. He's able to find. He's able to make shots. He's able to find teammates. Post up, score, and one. Uh, the only thing he's not able to do is, is play defense. Um, and yeah, that's uh, a bit of a problem. But like his offensive game is, you know, so well advanced. Uh, like his actual age. I think he's like twenty. Is he twenty three or twenty four? Something like that. Dude, I think he's younger than that. I think he might be 22. Yeah, I'm going to have to check right now. I'm I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm very um, uh, curious. 23. No, he he just he turned 23 earlier this year. 
He's yeah, he's twenty three, but still, I mean, come Yo, on. Also, Jason Tatum only being twenty four years old is insane. It's insane. Jaws only twenty two. Yeah, but well, you knew, you knew that. But well, Jaws Jaws is interesting because he and Zion are, are kind of similar in this way. Jaws twenty two. It feels like he's twenty eight in injury years. Then that's the thing, right? And this yes. is my thing with Zion too. I think their prime is going to be relatively early because of this. Yeah. Of course, I mean, and, and I mean, we can discuss that at a, at a later date. But yeah, and as far as uh, the Suns, you know, uh, yeah, Devin Booker went to for uh, went from doing the Luca move, so, you know, staying on the on the floor and then getting up only like a minute after to you know. Um, I think he had a good game six, right? I mean, I didn't watch it, so you're gonna have to tell me what happened. So, game six was just a case of at least how I felt about it was that the Mavericks just came out with a lot more force to me, and they got they got a lot more. They blitzed the Mavs or sorry, they blitzed the Suns for the first time. They really got a lot of threes up. They did quite well. Uh, Their biggest lead was 27, right? And most importantly to me, they got 31 points out of their bench. And what I noticed is, especially when they're they're at home, uh, they get really good minutes out of Maxi Kleba and not necessarily in this game, but Davis Bertans, Spencer Dinwiddie played well, five for seven from three. Biggest thing to me was Frank Nilakina's defense. Guy played 21 minutes, took one shot, had four steals, and he was really pressuring. Uh, I think that's one of the things that, A, if they win this series, is, should worry the Warriors, is that the level of pressure they're exerting on Devin Booker and Chris Paul to get some of these like cheap steals. I say cheap, but not in a pejorative sense, but some of these things where they're just making making the clock come down to 17 seconds at the beginning of a possession, right? Like giving the Suns less time to get into the action. They are so – they scout plays so well. They're able to blow up the Spain pick and roll that Phoenix loves to run. Things like, hey, Devin Booker's going to give this ball to DeAndre Ayton who needs to, who's going to hand it back to him for a handoff, but they prevent that handoff. Now Devin Booker's got to catch it further out. Then he's going to have to ISO – and take a difficult shot. Sometimes it works. I mean, like like you said, Devin Booker still had you know 19 points in this game, but they were really able to shut him down from three. Right? He he's only over. Uh, he was he had over four from three. And my biggest takeaway from this game was they stopped Chris Paul from getting to his spot. He only took two two pointers. Right? And this is the mid range god. This is the point god. Right? But your big takeaway has to be that. If Chris Paul somehow forgets how to play basketball on the road, uh, it's going to be kind of rough, rough sledding for the Suns moving forward. But I mean, this is a home game for them, and so far the Mavericks really haven't done much at uh, in Phoenix. So we'll and, see. And, and that's the thing, right? And so the Mavs' overall team defense, right? We, 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 I mean, we used to say like pack your defense, right? On, on the road, you pack your defense. If it, if it came down to the Mavs not hitting the threes that they they were hitting at home in Phoenix, I can understand that. I can live with that, right? It also seems like they forget to play defense in Phoenix. It seems like they forget to play hard. And that too. 
They, I mean, yeah. neither of these, like you said, neither of these teams really shows up on the road. And it's it's kind of sad because you like compare it to the Boston series, the Boston Bucks series, where these teams show up at literally every game. They're throwing haymakers at each other, and winning games on the road. I mean, it's it's incredible. It really is. And we'll we'll talk about that series very very soon. Uh, you should not go without mentioning that. But like coming coming back here for a second, the Suns are going to win tomorrow, aren't they? Yeah, most likely. I think so. I mean, uh, if if Luca is able to win that series, it will be one of the all time great Game Seven wins. Yes, you beat the uh, best team in the NBA. Yep. You took him to seven games, and you won Game Seven at on the road. At, on the road, yeah. I and would I, agree with you. I have very little doubt Luca will show up. No, oh, yeah, he's going to show up. The, that part I have no doubt about. But is Dorian Finney-Smith going to show up? That's the question. Are Dorian gonna... Finney-Smith has been to me the second most important player for this team, uh, and I think their third most important player. Although he he had a pretty rough Game Six. But the third most important player, in my opinion, has been Maxi Kleba. Maxi Kleba. Because his ability to allow them to play five out, I think, is the single most important thing offensively for this Mavs team. And if he can continue to hit shots, they've got a chance, man. But these auxiliary players are going to have to shoot and shoot well. And, I mean, I don't see Reggie Bullock scoring another 19 points tomorrow. So they're going to have to get it out of somewhere. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they there somebody's going to have to hit threes, and I actually think it has to be Spencer Dinwiddie. I think if yeah, there's he, anybody who can score in isolation situations, and which is very important on the road, it's Spencer Dinwiddie. And and so I, if, if the Mavs win, I think it will be because he had a big game along with Luca. Yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's the case, right? And we'll see, man. I think that even though they won by a lot in this game, uh, there are a lot of players on the Mavs that could could really make improvements for this uh, for this upcoming game. I think Jalen Brunson, he played a good game. I don't think he played a phenomenal one. I think that he could be better, and they're going to need him to be better, frankly. Uh, all, hands I think, all, all hands on deck for the Mavs. I mean, yeah, more or less, right? Like this, yeah. is, this it's game seven, right? Yeah, we're going to Game Seven. You know, I mean that's what it is. This is Chris why we Paul play, right? Has, Chris Paul has lost the last three Game Sevens he's played in, um, and the fourth, uh, the fourth one was the one he was was hurt against the Warriors. Um, we don't count that, but it's interesting. And who is officiating the game? That's uh, literally what I was about to say. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, conspiracy yeah. theories. It's Scott Foster. Bring in Scott Foster. Yeah, if if any referee wanted to come out to music, is Scott Foster? I, I mean, I I, I wouldn't be mad at that. Like, dude, what is there, what's the what's the over under? There's a refs you suck chant going on in Phoenix. Yep. Uh, I think it'll happen about five times. Hundred percent, right? Yeah. Okay, might... good. That's what I'm tracking. Yes, <laughs> I see it coming, man. And that, and that's that. Uh, the chant was good when when it started, right? Like when when it first came out, right? It it, it was good, but 
now it's just it's just so old like it's like it doesn't you're not helping any you're 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 not helping anybody are you changing the ref's decision making process no no you're not i mean therefore what was the point yeah anyways moving on probably the most entertaining series uh, of all that's all-time classic series right yeah gotta say right this is one of the best series that we've watched in our lifetimes this Bucks Celtic series. series. Yeah, I mean like, it's it's pretty remarkable. Uh, it's like legendary is, games, legendary. Dude, every single one. Like yeah. this last game, it's a duel between Giannis Antetokounmpo, who, by the way, is just crushing dudes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like he is he is the best player in the NBA, hands down. <laughs> that's my takeaway from this series. He is the single best player in the NBA currently. Put it down, okay? That's my big takeaway from this. Now, tonight he went off for 44 points and 20 rebounds. Uh, the only reason that Boston won this game is because Jason Tatum was on fire, on fuego, especially in the fourth quarter. Phenomenal. Man. I mean, the Bucks were able to get the lead down to four or five, and he would come back and – Off Giannis threes. Threes. Just these huge, huge threes, man. Right. And for 46, I mean, he was a plus 21 the right on the defense. They're playing the right deal. Like you want Giannis to take that shot, like and and game game five two, Giannis hit some. He was three from four, three for four from three, in, yep. in the fourth in the fourth quarter game five, like insane. insane. and they Dude, need the, the level of shot making. Point. Some of these things is insane. Huh? The yeah. level of shot making that these guys are displaying right now, especially in these like clutch situations, is pretty remarkable. Oh yeah, and. Uh, Drew Holiday with with clutch defense in Game Five. Uh, I can't get over Game Five. Like I I still want to talk. Like and Bobby Portis clutch tip. Like Jesus. Yeah. By the way, people free throw rebounds really matter. They do. I mean, I think that's my big bigger other big thing. Like some of these fundamentals really do matter. Jump balls, free throw rebounds. You want to be a champion, you got to get to these things. And so. That's my other sort of quote unquote big takeaway is when, especially when teams are as evenly matched as these two are, you really have to be perfect on little things. Uh-huh. So to me, it's quite clear that, that all of these teams have some room to improve in, in some of those regards. But I mean, like this Bucks Celtics series has been a classic every game, the Marcus smart, Missed free throw, one of the best missed free throws we've seen in a long time. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just pretty Al, impressive. Al Horford back from the dead, dude. I mean, like Al Horford playing like prime Al Horford, right? Like, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Absolutely, like Daniel Tice off the bench, uh, uh, taking over for Robert Williams, who who got hurt in the series. We'll see if he can play Game Seven. I, I really hope so. I mean that that would make the series more fun, right? It I mean, would. It would. Yeah, this is one of those. This is why we play things, right? This is why we play, and it's, it's it's Sunday, right? The game's on Sunday. I mean, obviously, game game six was today, so game seven's got to be on Sunday. Um, I I I don't want to quite quite ask who you got, but is the winner of the series winning the championship? I mean, I'd say that would be my favorite. Right, but that's my favorite at least. 
it, it feels like it because yeah it really whoever uh, whoever comes comes out of the west i i mean i i i feel that they have major matchup issues with either one of those teams and yeah especially I mean, for the for the bucks if, if chris middleton if and when chris middleton comes back right the I bucks mean, are doing this without chris middleton like let's be let's yeah give I mean, this is pretty impressive right i i we thought the bucks would be drawing dead here right as without chris middleton I mean, and they have made this a true series, a classic series, uh, and they should feel very encouraged that if they had were had a healthy roster, that they'd probably be winning. Yeah, I mean, and the, I mean, this series has been the you know microcosm of of of, of micro reactions, right? Uh, after Game Five, uh, the Celtics might are uh, sorry. After after Game Four, the Celtics are you know the best team in the NBA. Uh, I, I after Game. Five, you know, how could the Celtics lose that lead? They're trash. Bucks are the best team. Giannis is the best player. After Game Six, Jason Tatum is, you know, uh, you put a, you pull up a chair in like the in the in the Tier One superstar pantheon. He's up there, and you know, yeah, I mean, whether those things are true or not, it makes for great storylines. Makes for a great series. Um, you know, can't wait to see Game Seven go to overtime. I mean, that's where it's, this is going. That's how it feels, right? No one, no, no one wants to give up an inch. And I, I love the sort of back and forth going on between both teams. Like Giannis had a dunk on Al Horford. He showed Al Horford a face. He got a T for it. But Al Horford looking back at him like, okay, okay. And he actually responds on the court by helping the the, the Celtics take the lead in the fourth quarter of mm. uh, Game Four, uh, and then. Uh, uh, when when the when, when the Celtics go up by double digits at the end of the third, uh, Jalen Brown is sort of smelling going to the bench, uh, uh, obviously, and then you know the Bucks have something to say about that, uh, and they have no quit. They, I mean, since the back and forth, like I'm I'm you know I'm talking like a fan right now because that's what I. Uh, I mean, th- this like has been an extraordinarily series. enjoyable series, right? Like that's what this is. This is not analysis anymore. Like, no, it's like, just, this is us going like, dude, we're so excited to watch this next game, right? But, like, that's what's so amazing about this series, and that's what's amazing about sports, period, right? Like, we want to be excited. We want to see these players play at the highest level. And, I mean, for us, because, you know, not, neither of us are really Bucks or Celtics fans in terms of our primary fandom. Uh, we or, nor do, nor do we hate them. Yeah, exactly. So we're kind of just like, dude, this is just great basketball, right? right? Yeah. And that's important. And it's been a really awesome series. And that's simply simply put, that's an impressive accomplishment. And whoever wins the series will have earned it thoroughly. Uh, Adjustments by both coaches, by the way. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think this has been a well-coached series. Uh, I think that overall, it's just just a high-quality – it's just high-quality basketball. Absolutely. I mean, can't say much else about it. Uh, whoever wins this series, I mean, I feel, I feel they they have a really good chance to win, go go all the way. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. I think they. The, I the, the only thing that's favorite. Only thing that's going against either one of those teams is you know how how tired, fatigued, uh, you know, uh, 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 maybe uh, out of it there are. But 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 if you look at the Bucks, you know, if they get out of the series, they're that much closer to getting Chris Middleton back, and you know. That that will be a huge boon for them, uh, and uh, the the Celtics, you know, they they continue uh, sort of their second half run of 
being unstoppable, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, they, they started off their season extremely rough. But, you know, the way they've responded and the way they've responded, like in the multiple games in this series has been admirable, admirable. Very, uh, I, I have nothing much else to say about it. But, yeah, those are the four uh, conference semifinal series. Uh, other news around the NBA. Uh, Mike Brown is hired as coach of the Sacramento Kings. Uh, he got his first taste of what it means to be a Sacramento Kings coach in game five. Congratulations to him. Um, <laughs> how to lose, yes. By 50. <laughs> or, or how to not lose by 50. Wherever it may be. Uh, okay. Wow. So the Warriors have a, a, 
they have a little rest here. Okay. Uh, yeah, and honestly, this is why it was it's it was important for them to win this game, so they didn't have to do this thing on Sunday. No, sir. So, so we should be pretty excited for them. You know, on days where they, on, on games after you know they get uh, like a fair amount of rest, they play their best, and that's not a coincidence. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Chris Paul is old. Oh, you're right. Say, Both right? games are on Sunday. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought I thought one was another one was day after. Okay, that's okay. That is interesting. But uh, but, but anyways, yeah. Draft lottery is draft lottery is on Thursday though, right? That's, Tuesday. That's, oh, it's on, it's Tuesday. on Tuesday. Okay, so we'll see who who gets the who gets the number one pick, I guess. And yeah. yeah. The rice that's going to draft Chet Holmgren. <laughs> uh, probably, but you know, I'm really interested to see where the Lakers pick falls and uh, who gets it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to go to the Lakers. It's going to be. Yeah, no, it's either. Uh, it's either New Orleans. New Orleans or Memphis, I believe. Or Memphis. Yes. You're depending right. on where it falls. So that to me is kind Very of interesting. Paulo Banchero we'll to the Rockets would be interesting for me. But anyways, I... Dude, we're, we digress. We have... We have we gone have, overtime, and we have uh, started... We have a great you know, playoff series, man. Great playoff yeah. series coming. For sure, for sure, for sure. We have a lot of time to go over draft stuff later. But anyways, yep. uh, for, for Vikram, uh, I'm Guru. We'll talk to you guys soon. Everybody Preferably have after Game 7. Game seven. Yes. Preferably after game seven. I'm going to miss. Actually, am I going to miss any? I'm on, I'm on a flight Sunday at 2.45. I might miss the end of Buck Celtics and the beginning of Mavs Suns. Dude, lame. I didn't know it was going to turn out. Okay, anyways. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody have a good night.